0: Hello Voices, my name is Joe Troy and I'm a multi-award winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast. a bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips and tricks along the way. Hello and welcome to another episode. Today, we are going to be learning about how sounds and voice can be used for branding and the theory behind it. Sounds are always around us, so one of the senses we often take for granted in terms of how much we use it, but we are subconsciously being advertised to all day, every day. Today's adventure is about sonic branding. Today, I'll be speaking with Kim Asperling, a creative account director at Massive Music, I've been also working with Massive Music for about nearly 10 years now. I wanted to ask her what is sonic branding, the different kinds of branding and what it may look like in the future. Let's go.
1: So hi everyone, I am Kim. I have been working in audio for the last 10 or so years now. My career started off, I was actually an actress, trained as an actress, and that was my first inkling into the world of voice and voiceover. And then I um, started out as a voiceover agent, Um, and there I was doing everything from recording talent reels to building kind of career strategies for our artists. And then I moved into the world of audio production. So I worked for a transcreation agency where we were doing lots of multi-market campaigns, um, helping with finding talent across different markets across the world, and then focused on full production and casting, mainly across the UK. So that involved really writing scripts helping um, directors or writers in creative agencies in the advertising world to write scripts that were fit for voiceovers, helping with the direction of the talent, and finding voiceovers as well that were maybe a little bit more niche. So, you know, I remember one of the, um, one of the asks that we had was actually to find a 92-year-old voiceover artist. So it was kind of street casting, approaching people yeah. in communities, that sort of thing. And then I went into the world of ad tech and led a creative team there. Again, everything, audio production, writing, casting. And now I work for Massive Music, um, where we do everything in the world of sonic branding, as well as music activations and partnerships, and where voice fits within that.
0: So what is sonic branding?
1: So sonic branding is essentially... The sounds that you associate with a particular brand. So the best way to think about it in the sort of uh, simplest term is when you think about a brand, they all have a visual logo. And as soon as you see that visual logo, you know who that brand is. Sonic is essentially taking that visual logo and bringing it into the audio space. So if there is no visual audio present, uh, sorry, visual logo present, then you can actually be able to determine who the brand is just by listening to it. Now, this is fantastic, obviously, in spaces where it's audio only, but it also works as a really great sort of partner with visual assets. So if you see the sonic lo- uh, the, son- um, the visual logo, and then you hear the Sonic logo with it, you automatically have that association. So now when those two are together, you've got that association, but if you split them apart, anytime you see them apart, you'll still associate it with that brand. And sonic, um, a Sonic identity or Sonic branding isn't just about the Sonic logo, but we can actually start to think about what are the other sounds of the brand? Maybe it's branded music. Maybe it's music that they use across their um, IVR. Perhaps it's a, a voice artist that they use across all of their comms. Perhaps it's even things like product sounds. When you listen to the sound of your Apple laptop and it's switching on, that sound is synonymous with the brand. And thinking about um, brands like Skype, for example, they have loads of different sounds that are living within the actual product, which every time you hear it, you associate that with Skype. It feels like a family of sound. So it's essentially taking the brand to that next level by introducing all these other touch points and areas where we're meeting with audiences and consumers and we're allowing ourselves to have that connection with them through
0: sound. It's funny you said that because now I'm thinking about it, it feels like I'm exposed to more sonic branding than actual visual branding on a day-to-day basis just by using the products themselves. Would you agree?
1: Exactly, exactly. I think with sonic branding, it's really quite subtle and in a way that can really play on the subconscious because you don't even necessarily think about it when you switch on your laptop and you hear that sound and it is part of the Apple sound suite. But the subconscious is actually so powerful because that's actually where we make our decisions without without even thinking about it. So from an advertising perspective or marketing perspective or brand, this is actually the, the realm in which we really want to play in to be able to connect with our um, consumers without them necessarily even feeling like we're encroaching on their space. All of a yeah. sudden they feel like they have this, brand um sort of engagement and they they really love that brand for some reason but they're not exactly sure why and the reason for it is because subconsciously we've been working in the background working to create that connection between the brand through subtlety through things like sonic logos product sounds voice etc
0: okay so i'm sure that there is a science behind this and I'm sure it's not as simple <laughs> as oh, I I'm just going to clap my hands and this is my logo now. What is the method behind the madness? Um, I'm sure it's it. it we could make a whole episode about it, but in a nutshell, if you could explain to the person like Moon knows nothing about it, how would you explain the process?
1: Yeah, so there is, as you say, there there is a lot that goes into it, but I think the core cool sort of themes are to truly understand the brand. And there's a lot of legwork that needs to be done in order to do that. So you've got to go through research, understanding where they sit within the competitor landscape, where they want to be versus where they are now. What are the brand perceptions, the history of the brand? So really starting to understand the brand as a whole, as you would do when you're doing a visual brand identity as well. And then from there, we'll start to pull out some key themes, some key uh, sort of brand attributes in which to then start thinking about the, the sonic brand. Now, when we talk about that, there's so many different areas within sonic branding that we can cover, as I've sort of touched upon things like voice, logo, product, sound, branding, music. All of these contribute to that holistic ecosystem, that family of sound. So everything that we do from a research perspective, we then convert into different attributes depending on what it is that we're trying to create. So if it is, for example, a voiceover, a brand voice they want to use across all of their marketing, then we need to understand who the brand is then translate those attributes into, okay, what does that mean in terms of vocal quality? What does that mean in terms of the profile of the voice? Because a lot of brands get really caught up in, let's just use a celebrity because we really like that celebrity and they're really popular at the moment. But if that celebrity doesn't fit with and align with the core values of the brand, how they're perceived, where they want to be, it doesn't make sense. And if you don't have the correct partnership between a voiceover and a brand, because the attributes don't align, it's not going to resonate with the listener. So these are the kinds of things that we have to do. And if we're not just thinking about it from a voiceover perspective, but from a sound perspective, it would be thinking about things like what types of music, what types of genres, what types of instrumentation feel aligned with their brand but also feel distinct to the brand because there's nothing um it's not going to connect with your audience if for example all the sounds sound the same so we need something that has a unique story behind it as well
0: when you spoke about voices for branding how how do you know if you've got it right right I know this sounds weird, Very but how, like there, there's, there's going to be instances where you're going to cast a celebrity, for example, because of the name. And then you realize, no, this just doesn't connect. It doesn't hit. Okay, let's find someone else. How do you change your your search criteria and how do you know what you're going to look for?
1: Yeah. So I think, again hopefully, if you've done the kind of legwork prior, you should have a solid enough strategy that whoever you do choose should work for the brand. So usually what we do is pin up a few different voices together or a few different music options together, and then be able to test which one is getting the most things like engagement, recall, etc. And we work with the client to figure out what it is we're actually trying to test. So it's not just about well, does the voiceover work? Because does something work to one client might meet something different to another client. So it's like, are they trying to get people to recognize the voice? Are they trying to test whether the voice is bringing out specific emotions in someone like warmth or happiness? Do they feel confident when they listen to this voice or when they listen to this piece of music, how do they feel? So We map out exactly what types of questions we're trying to understand, and then depending on which testing route we go for, we're able to then determine that and then able to adjust our insights accordingly, which can then help us if we need to recast the voiceover or continue developing the music track. And at Massive Music, we have a full research team that does all of this with all of the research capabilities. So that's essentially the the probably the most tried and tested way to prove yeah. that something is working.
0: What would you say is one of the your favorite sonic branding in your career that you've come across or worked on yourself?
1: Oh, that is a tricky question. <laughs> um I think, I mean, there's a couple that I'm working on at the moment. I can't share any You can't talk about
0: oh, Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but they're definitely, they're definitely going to be something that I'll be shouting about a lot next year. Um, mm. And you'll understand why, um, you know, I've chosen those. I think the main thing is, well, there's there's two things that I look out for in order for it to be a favorite of ours and that is that it's super distinct so because sonic branding really is on the rise at the moment everybody's kind of talking about it it's becoming a little bit of you know a few years ago no one had really heard of it whereas now the numbers for people asking for it has risen dramatically so as it's continuing to rise the the problem with that or the challenge is that every brand still remains distinct and so when something has a really distinct story in the way that it was produced for example then that's where it can get really exciting so thinking about the instrumentation that was used was was that instrument a particular instrument that was famous for some reason like a grand piano that you know hasn't been touched in a few years or anything that can make the story a lot stronger the other thing that is really makes something stand out and for me with class as a favorite is when the family of sounds really you can tell that they all come out of that same brand, out of that same holistic ecosystem, as we like to say. Because I think if you just have a sonic logo or you just have a brand voice, it's only doing half the work. But when you actually start to look at brands like Apple or um, Skype, where they're incorporating small details like product sounds, as well as the bigger details like sonic logos and brand voice, that's where I feel like we're doing the full job um, of that of that Sonic brand. And that's where it can get really exciting.
0: How do you see Sonic branding changing? You said it's it's got more popular in the last few years. Where do you see it going in the next five years? How do you see your role changing?
1: So I think, you know... A Sonic brand, the entire purpose of it is that it's supposed to be future-proof. It's supposed to be consistently used and used in such a way that, you know, it lasts for years and years to come. And perhaps the only thing that would differ is maybe slightly tweaking it, slightly modernizing it. If you think about McDonald's, for example, and the da-da-da-da-da, I'm loving it, right? There's been so many different iterations of that over the years, how it's changed. And I think the core melody has remained exactly the same. And so I think in the future, sonic branding will do the same thing in terms of how it sounds. The mnemonics and the way that it sounds should sound exactly the same. However, we need to kind of see how we can adapt and modernize it for different bits of content. And that brings me on to, of course, AI. And when we start to think about AI voice, we start to think about all these AI production techniques. How can we start to potentially bring that into this landscape in a way that doesn't mess with the original nostalgia of that sound, of that core brand, but perhaps brings it into the new age. And that's where I think we can start to have a lot more fun and things can get really interesting.
0: what What is brand voice?
1: So brand voice is essentially thinking there's there's loads of different ways to use it, but essentially a voiceover that is associated with a brand. And it's best used, as I said before, in this holistic sonic branding system. But with a brand voice, it can be used across things like their marketing. So advertising, radio, TV, digital. But it can also be used across things like the events that they speak at. Perhaps it's the voice of God. Type voice that they have at any uh, business-to-business events. It could be the voice that they have across their podcast to introduce the podcast. If it's, again, a B2B uh, podcast or whether it's actual um, podcast to the consumer, it can be voices that are used within their system. So thinking about self-checkout, thinking about IVR. So all of these sort of touch points, whether they're using a consistent voiceover across all of this so that it feels like that specific voice is always associated with the brand. And there's some really great examples when you think about, for example, the meerkat in Compare the Market. Every time you hear that voice, you automatically can visualize this character and you know Compare the Market. Um, Go compare, same sort of thing. Um, And even voices that you don't necessarily always see the visual. So for example, um, the voice of Come Dine With Me, who is now the voice on LD. So all of LD's content has this voice. You don't see this voice, but as soon as you hear it, you automatically think about LD. So that is a great example of a brand voice because they're utilizing voiceover to make that um, connection to the brand
0: how would somebody become a voice of the next big brand if they're listening and they want to be the next Audi voice? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, So I think if you are working as a voiceover in the voiceover industry, um, ensuring that, you know, your reels, showcase that you can do ad, ad, uh, as much diversity as possible. If your reels are really only showcasing one sort of style that you can do, that's great, but it limits your chances in the sense that unless those brand values and everything that we've done in the research phase of understanding the brand aligns with that voice, your chances are a little bit slimmer. So the more that you can showcase, you can do in terms of different styles, not necessarily different voice like as in changing your pitch or anything like that nothing like character but in terms of different moods so really showcasing on your reels that you can do you know something that is maybe a little bit more informative versus something that is a little bit more upbeat because when we're thinking about casting a brand voice We're looking at all of the specific um, aesthetic parts of the voice, so pace, rhythm, tonality. We're looking at your profile. If, for example, they want someone that has a comedic background because it ties in with the brand. Or for example, with LD, they wanted the voice of come dine with me because it aligns with food. It's already recognizable. So anything you can do to kind of streamline who you are as a person or as a profile. That being said, you don't always need to be a celebrity because sometimes we want a voice that we can mold to the brand. Um, And then the last thing is to showcase basically that when we're doing the casting phase, we can go, oh, look if we, uh, this part of their reel really showcases that they are very human and grounded, which is part of the brand. However, this part of the reel really shows that confidence and assertive nature of the voice. So we can go, this voiceover is perfect because depending on the content, we can flex according to the attributes that we need.
0: Well, Kim, thank (laughs) you for your time today. Um, no, thank you for taking time out and explaining It's it's a very interesting topic that is you know is around us every day and we we kind of take it for granted so it's good to get explanation about it so thank you for that
1: oh no thank you so much for having me and yeah i mean i look forward to hopefully connecting with some of you once we do have some new briefs and on the cards and any questions feel free to find me on linkedin and, and reach out
0: so what did i take away from today's conversation When creating sonic branding for a client, understanding the brand is imperative. Research can be done for years in advance to get to the final stage. Thinking about where the client is versus where they want to be is a good indicator to the direction they may choose to go down with their sonic branding. Brand voice and sonic branding are two different things, but can go hand in hand. And for the voiceovers out there, this may be of interest to you the most. You may or may not be considered to be a voice for the brand, but remember, there are so many opportunities out there to be cast for something. Make yourself seen and heard so that when the opportunity comes knocking, you are ready to take it with both hands. And finally, Sonic branding is not new and it's only going to get more popular. It's not going anywhere. So learn more about it or find out how you can be a part of it. Thank you, Kim, for taking time out to speak with me. I always like to get into the psychology of how things work, so this was definitely a fun one. As always, I will include Kim's info in the show notes below, so feel free to reach out. I'm about to go, but before I do, always make sure you're following the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and until next adventure, bye.